0: Welcome to PTBC Podcast, where we will be speaking about innovation, technology, growing your business, and maximizing your entrepreneurial potential. Let's get get down down to business. business. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the PTBC Podcast. This is Rish and Justin here, and joining us are two physiotherapists who, through the journey of their own, decided to create an amazing platform and educate healthcare professionals like myself on the importance of personal finance and teaching a lot of great tactics on how to actually manage your money. We have joining me today uh, two fellow UFT grads, uh, two individuals who have been successfully able to squash their own personal and school debt, as well as the two co-founders, of a platform called Allied Health Financial, Giacomo Silvestri and Ryan Wells. Through their journey, they've been able to solve their own personal uh, finance issues and now they're moving on to helping and educating others uh, to do the same. So check out their website at alliedhealthfinancial.ca and uh, definitely make sure to download their free Allied Health Financial Toolkit, a great little document there. Um, And uh, yeah, so make sure to check that out. Today we're gonna be diving into uh, managing your personal finances coming out of the pandemic and we know that this is very relevant right now as we all shift back into work and we've all been definitely affected by this pandemic. So they're going to give us some uh, pro tips uh, on that matter. All right, without further ado, let's get down to business. So Ryan, Giacomo, thanks so much uh, for for coming on here. Um, Before we dive into that topic, do you guys mind giving us a um, kind of a background on how you both got together and ended
1: up creating this platform? Yeah, absolutely. So this, company came out of an idea from a conversation we had earlier in 2020 and we recognized that both of us had had multiple conversations with other colleagues in the field both who had been out in practice for a few years and who were also just starting in private practice Mm -hmm. and the financial literacy or the education around what to do with their own personal finances was not great so we realized that not too long ago we were in the same place just kind of graduating and we were focusing on making sure that we were the best possible clinicians and we personally took a little bit of an interest in personal finance but realized that we were kind of the exception and not the rule for that so we decided to start allied health financial in february with the goal of helping other canadian healthcare professionals maximize their wealth potential and our kind of mission, vision, and values are an extension of that.
2: So, what was the kind of the aha moment when you both realized you could help learn, uh, help others learn uh, from your own personal finance journeys? Like, was there a point in time where you guys were like, "Oh shit, this is like, this is this is what we want to do"? Um, was there anything that made like any certain things in your life that allow you to to realize? this is something that in terms of the company, um, you guys wanted to create.
3: Yeah, I mean, Ryan, Ryan and I go way back in terms of friendship. We went to physical school together and have remained friends since then. And, you know, as friends do, we'd regularly sit down pre COVID, I guess, and have a beer together. Um, and we sat down one day and, you know, had a conversation about how in that, I think it was that same couple weeks, you know, someone had, um, asked us about either, you know, what do you think about investing in this or how do you what insurance do you have? Or it was a lot of um, questions because I guess people came to find out that we were personally interested in personal finance. And when we both traded these stories, we both kind of went, you know, this is something that physios and healthcare professionals in general should know about. I mean, we're we always preach this whole evidence based practice thing, right? We're always like we need to know the, the best research and best data when it comes to our money, we just go, yeah, I just have a guy that I think I pay. I'm not really sure. <laughs> so why not think about evidence-based finance, right? Like mm-hmm. take it into your own hands, learn about it, and then see if you can make the best decision with your money. So I think it was really just one of those conversations that we had and said, you know, this is somewhere where we can add value um, to the physio community and allied health professionals in general. Um, and it kind of all just, I guess, snowballed from there.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's really interesting. Cause you know, obviously this is something that I think, um, the financial literacy, you know, when you're a little bit outside of the financial industry, it may not be as strong as those within that industry. And I think, you know, what you guys have done um, really well so far is being able to highlight these things. Like I've seen a bunch of your posts already, you know, just explaining things like what a stock is, what an index fund is, what a TFSA is. These are, these are definitely like things that I think are essential to everybody's knowledge. Like you said, hundred percent agree. So, so Ryan and Jack, well, like, you know, when you guys have been learning this for, for a few years now, and you've been applying this to your own personal finance, how did this pandemic affect that? And, and you know, what do you think that has been working well for you and for people you've seen in terms of managing their finances coming out of a pandemic like this? Because definitely everyone's finances may have been flipped on its head.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, how well or where you are coming out of the pandemic is really a function of how well you are going into the pandemic because you can't set up during a pandemic it's just not possible mm-hmm. so we recognize that there was a big ability here for us to educate for basically the next time so mm-hmm. how to come out of it is more leading into what do you need to do if there's a second wave or how can you prevent this for going into the future? So there's a few points we'll talk on today. is gonna go over a little bit of budgeting and then mm-hmm. I'm gonna touch on a little bit of um, building an emergency fund. And then from there, we will get into um, paying off the debt that you may have accumulated through and then how to actually start your investing again.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's funny because at the beginning of this pandemic, I think you guys are, were the first ones to post about, you know, these emergency relief funds and like, you know, I was getting all of my information from the things that you guys were posting right now, other than like CERB, right, CRB, what are some other financial resources that you guys have seen that's been used in response to this pandemic?
3: I think the, like Ryan mentioned, kind of the, ideally people were prepared and like the best thing to have, in a situation like COVID um, not that we've had many situations like COVID, but in any kind of job loss situation is an emergency fund and just having that little, little pocket of money there that you can have for emergencies. Um, And basically it's, it's one of those things that helps you maintain your net worth as an individual and all your net worth basically is, is your assets or like any tangible things that you have that are worth quite a bit of money. So like a house, a car, um, any kind of cash or stock, um, minus your liabilities, so any kind of debts mm-hmm. that you have so basically lets like you keep that positive and how an emergency fund would help during COVID is you know you don't have to go into debt to cover your bills because you know I mean the two thousand dollars we got from the government was great but it's probably not covering most of people's um, expenses and then it stops you from having to sell any of your stocks during a downturn it's pretty much the opposite of buying low and selling high you were buying high and selling low so um, having that you know ability to access funds that are basically just there for this is really the, uh, is the key in a situation like this.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, so sounds like definitely I mean, this emergency fund is one of the ways to try to quote unquote pandemic proof your finances. Is, is there any other strategies that you guys have found helped you that set you up well for this situation?
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess the other thing you want to think about would be that that budget, right? If you right. and and budgets get such a bad rap for being like, you know, this thing where it only lets you spend $13 a month on going out to restaurants and stuff. And they don't really have to be that. They're they're just a way for you to know it's a snapshot. You know exactly what's coming in, what's going out, um, which during a pandemic makes it really easy to say, you know what? these These five things that I spend money on every month, I don't need to spend mm-hmm. money on right now. I can avoid... You know, I guess people probably didn't get rid of Netflix because you were sitting at home all day, but you know things like that that aren't necessarily essential. You can mm-hmm. you can get rid of. So having that budget and making sure that you're you're there and set up so that you can reduce costs if you need to, or can um, allocate your funds in different ways is really a a great stepping stone to uh to be able to handle a situation like COVID.
1: And then just to add on to that, if you if you have this emergency fund, it acts like a protective blanket so that you don't have to go into debt. But then if you do have to go into debt, there is a certain order of kind of places you want to borrow money from. And if you do it in a particular order, basically from low interest to high interest, you will make your life or recovery as easy as possible. But if you immediately go to... A, a high-interest loan, like if you're putting money on a credit card, is your first place to go afterwards simply because you don't know where to go next and you need the money this second. Knowing where to go and having that set up can save you a ton of money in the long run as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, 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 um, it's definitely interesting because you know one of the things I'm starting to think about now is you know, all these things that, you know, you guys are talking about, and, you know, you have some, you had some time to explore, and, um, you know, you've been able to understand how, you know, investments and and markets perform. Um, Have you found any type of investments that, you know, have been more stable during this downturn versus some other investments that you may have had?
1: So, we definitely don't advise on what to pick so we won't tell you to buy this type of stock or that type of bond or this type of mutual fund we we don't have our investors licenses and we're not here to tell people what to invest in to try to make quick money our philosophy has always been buy something that you're willing to hold for a long time and watch it grow so jack mo posted something great the other day that was it should be more like watching paint dry it's a slow process, but it's it's going to be solid, and yeah. it's never guaranteed. But it's definitely significantly safer than than anything else for sure. Um, we did a post a couple of weeks ago on Well Simple and how they had made some changes to their robo advisor that did a little bit of geographical diversification and then a little bit more high interest bonds that helped. And their comparison to other players in the market, they actually weather the storm quite well um, in terms of well simple's approach. But it would be, you know, every, the whole entire market takes a hit. So if you're in a specific company like Apple, then it, its drop is gonna be based on mass psychology. If you are in an index, then it's gonna drop kind of the, the width of the market. So we always are a little bit more try to invest with the market than try to pick an individual stock.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's also, oh, sorry, go ahead. It's, it's also knowing that in times like this, no matter what you buy, things are going to go down. Um, certain things might go down more than others, but it's, it's one of those things where the most sound investment you can make is in kind of your own psychology and know that this is going to happen. And we've had recessions before, we've had downturns before, we've had bear markets before, um, and we do tend to pop back out even, you know, everyone thought after 2008, the stock market was never going to recover and it did quite quickly. So knowing that, you know, it's time will will help. And if you have that time horizon, you're, you're in a good shape is also a good way to kind of think about weathering the storm.
2: Now, just going a step back here, um, you guys had a recent post about kind of navigating your finances as a, as a new grad. And, you know, for myself and we graduated not too long ago, I remember one of the only things that uh, we had in terms of for finances, uh, we had a financial advisor or financial planner come to us at uh, like during a lunch and learn. And they were talking about all these things that you guys post about that it was uh, was honestly the first, one of the first times I was hearing all these things. Right. And so what are some, what tools have you both used, um, um, you know, whether that be apps um, or other other platforms that. Um, you you've used to essentially so, so keep an eye on, on your own finances, you know, uh, throughout this journey.
1: So I, I think Jack might personally use, uh, we both use well, simple and Quest trade. Um, but my, I mean, my, my education is a little bit old school. It started at towards the end of my master's and just involved a lot of reading um, a couple different books, all of which you can find on our recommended reading on our website. And, then i started just with i think a couple hundred bucks four or 500 bucks in the market put it into a couple indexes and just saw what happened so when i started i'm pretty sure i was i was green it was great and then the whole year of 2015 was not a good one <laughs> so it was a, a lot of a lot of red lights for a long time um, but everything i had read was just don't worry about it it's actually a good time to buy when everything's on sale put a little bit more in, weather it out. And then when it came out, when it was on the upturn, it was faster than I ever expected because I was buying well below what people had been accustomed to as the market average. So then when this came back, even to this point now, I think last week, if we take the TSX as an example, it was at 15.75, 15.8. And right before we crashed, we were high 17s and the lowest was 12.9. So I mean, the recovery has been there and it goes up and down as people are worried about second wins. But like Giacomo said, it, it recovers faster than people think.
0: Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting. I mean, with kind of the up and down, one of the things I think that was interesting to see was um, when when the whole COVID thing was happening, The t- like it created a bit of a V in the market, right? So there was a big downturn and boom, it came back up. Do you guys have any insight as to Um, what some of those factors were?
3: That's a, that's a deep question. Um, (laughs) I mean, I think like with, and again, we're not, we're not stock analysts, but um, the way I see it is that there's two different sides to any kind of market dip or market surge. You've got the actual like math standpoint where, you know, a lot of the Canadian banks went down. Why? Because there's probably not a lot of people that are going to be either taking out loans or being able to repay loans or, You know, there's probably not a lot of money coming in to what banks are used to. So that's going to drop the valuations or future valuations of what analysts are thinking. Um, So there's a math aspect of it there. And then the other aspect is everybody's just freaking out and taking their money out of the market because, you know, it's never going to go back again. The the one thing you'll consistently hear every single market downturn is this time is different. Like you'll hear that every time and every time it's not different. It goes it goes back up. Um, And I'll keep saying that until. I'm proven wrong, which I hope I'm not one day. But um, I think it's it's a combination of people are worried about what's going to happen in the future, because in all fairness, you know, the, mm-hmm. the future of work is going to look different. Um, but I think a lot of it, too, is people are just panicking and pulling their money out of the market, um, arguably at the worst time possible. Mm-hmm.
1: The, the last 10 years have been the longest bull run we've had in a very, very long time. And so if you think about, I mean, I personally have been investing for six years, so I've never run through uh, a recession like 2008 and neither is Jack Mo and neither is anybody else investing in the last 10 years. So if you're willing to count on your job and you've just been investing and the market's just been hunky-dory and going up and up and up and now all of a sudden it tanks and you realize, oh man, I don't have anything left to cover me, I have to sell my investments. So part of, a lot of it is from fear, but a lot of it is also from, I'm, I'm not prepared. And if I don't sell now, then I won't have anything to pay my bills with.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, this conversation is just kind of pointing me to one of the things that I've always thought about as well. And one of the reasons why even like we created the uh, PTBC as well is, is where did like, where did this financial literacy education get lost in translation through our schooling, whether it was through high school whether it was through undergrad um, university? Have you guys like thought about that in terms of how the approach has been to teach healthcare professionals like us through the school system more about personal finance obviously again there 's going to be challenges with implementing things because there 's already so much that have to be taught. but have you guys thought about any of those challenges and and um, found any solutions to try to implement that into the school system a little bit more, for example, even our PT schools.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I've only really got the U of T background and, you know, physio being as varied of a profession, it is just in like the actual technical part of physio, like physio programs have a a heck of a job trying to teach everybody, everybody Mm -hmm. what they need to know in two years. So it's not really their fault, but um, you know, for instance, in our, I don't mean to knock U of T. I love U of T. Anybody anybody's listening from U of T, just don't take this personally. But uh, when we were in school there, like we learned, I think we spent three or four classes learning about how the OHIP system works. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't say I've used that a single day in my life since graduating or since, you know, writing it on a test, but, you know, I have to do my taxes and I have to invest in that sort of thing. Um, so I think there could be, you know, more of a, even if it's lunch and learns or or anything like that put into school programs for instance a few weeks ago we were able to do a, a zoom I guess it wasn't really lunch and learn who didn't buy them lunch but we were able to sit with uh, virtually sit with the U of T class and kind of go through some personal finance stuff for them and really the gist of the the personal finance for new grads post that you can find on the website and the the response we got from people was incredible it's just like You know, even just figuring out one of the biggest things is figuring out the difference between a TFSA and an RRSP because they're they're completely different and they're very useful in different ways. But just having that understanding can make a huge difference in your financial world. So I don't necessarily know if it's the PT school's responsibility to do it. And I think that's partially why we started something like Allied Health Financial to kind of say, you know what? you know, PT schools are doing a great job to educate the future of our profession in what they need to know. And we're going to try to help pick up some of the slack. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
2: So with, with, you know, all your experience with, with personal finance so far, looking back to when you guys first uh, graduated, is there anything that you guys would change in terms of your personal finances or, you know, um, what you would do differently? Uh,
1: I don't think there would be anything that I would do differently. I just, put in a lot of hours on my own time, reading, learning, and then most importantly, dabbling. The ability to to actually log on and watch your own money because you can spend four or $500 just by, I would like to buy two shares of this, click, gone. Um, And getting comfortable with that and seeing that it's there. And then I, I will say that it almost seemed a little bit surreal until the one time I had to actually take money out. And then I just saw, you know tens of thousands of dollars come back into my account that i had invested then you're like oh yeah okay i do actually get this money back (laughs) there's no problem with that and i did make that so i don't think there's anything i would do differently but i had to spend a lot of time collecting information and part of what we're trying to do is amalgamate a lot of different things into one area to make others experience a lot more seamless a little bit faster and significantly less stressful
0: Mm -hmm. and so, you know, through your platform now, now that you guys have been able to try to help bridge that gap, and I agree, it's definitely tough to implement everything into physio schools. <laughs> I think we are sometimes asking a little much, but um, how have you, what are some strategies you guys have in mind right now to try to, like, bridge that gap a little bit more other than some of the lectures that you've been doing? Um, what's kind of the, some of the things that you guys are looking to do with Allied Health Financial specifically?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to keep putting out information in the term, in terms of, you know, blog format and that sorts of thing We're we're playing with the idea of introducing it in an audio format as well, taking a, taking a page out of the uh, PTBC playbook to to offer it, um, that way. I mean, I find it, I mean, especially for students, like you're sitting at school reading all day. The last thing you want to do is go home and read stuff about math. Um, so having a, an audio platform would be great. And then eventually we're, we're starting to work on a course format of it as well. And again, if you're a student, you probably don't want to go home and take another course. But um, it's, it's just trying to put it in such a way where it's, it's usable information that shows. I mean, physios were all incredibly intelligent people and like not trying to pump anybody's tires. But if you got into physio school, you're a smart person. Personal finance at a basic level is not that complicated. If, you're, you know, if you want to go do huge calculations for a hedge fund, sure, you need, you need an MBA or you need that education, but to figure out your own finances is not super hard. And a lot of people can figure this out. They just haven't figured out, they haven't gotten the knowledge in the correct way. So we're going to try to put it out there in a the course format or, or a book format for people so that we have that kind of step-by-step um, guide as to how to set up your finances that way.
2: Um, so in terms of um, going back to books, I know Ryan, you mentioned a couple of books that you've read um, for each of you. What's uh, one book or what's your one favorite book that's really kind of helped you in terms of personal finance?
1: My biggest starter was The Complete Investor by Charlie Munger. And Charlie Munger is Warren Buffett's right hand guy. And he, he pitches a lot of the, you know, I don't know, you don't know the best and the best in the world. making educated guesses at best so you have a job you have a family you have hobbies and interests don't spend your life trying to beat the market by a few percent instead find you know market indexes if you want to be super super safe or solid companies that are depression tested they are consistent solid they've been paying out dividends for years years and years and years and you have to be able to, to hold. So his big thing is when the market is going up, we're, we're average at best. When the market tanks, we, we absolutely rake it in because we hold our emotion. And we don't sell when we don't need to because we'll, we are well protected.
3: Yeah, I think for me, um, I mean, that is such a great book. There's so many good books out there. Um, I think my favorite as of right now probably is, is a book called Worry-Free Money by Shannon Lee Simmons, who's a, it's not that well-known of a book, but it's basically uh, its a lot of what we base our financial planner on, actually. And it's, it's literally what they say in the book. It's, she kind of creates an easy way to, to budget and manage your finances to take the stress out of it um, in such a way that you know you're covered and it makes that kind of takes that bad rap away from, from budgeting. So, um, And I think to be able to get to the point where you can use a book like The Complete Investor, you need to make sure you're spending less money than you earn. Um, To have that extra money to invest. So I think that's another great one to add. But, um, you know, even The Wealthy Barber Returns is a great book, even though it taught like it it says to buy mutual funds, which we don't necessarily agree with. It's a little bit antiquated that way. Um, But just the general kind of principles in a book like that are really great
0: was just gonna say i was actually gonna be like this is the first time that i may make a suggestion <laughs> and that was gonna be mine i think the wealthy barber because it's obviously a canadian guy as well he talks more from a canadian angle and um to his dry sarcastic humor was definitely enjoyable <laughs> throughout the whole book um but yeah, no those are definitely really good books, and I think there's definitely a ton and and I think you guys also have a lot of good recommendations on your page uh now I health financial there, so um definitely make sure you check it out. I do have one more question that I actually wanted to ask you guys before um we slowly wrap up the podcast is when you guys were first starting out, did you guys yourselves? Uh, reach out to any professionals to help you along that journey? And is there any recommendations you have for any of the new grads or people right now who might be struggling that could reach out to certain like certified professionals too?
1: I didn't. Um, I had a lot of friends who work in various financial sectors from um, investing to private equity who have been in the field a really, really long time, and I did contact one person just to show me how to use the platform, because when you when you do log on to something, um, there can be you know an overwhelming amount of information in terms of buttons you can press, and you're like, which one of these makes me money, and which one of these is going to lose all my money. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in terms of looking for professional advice, then I, I don't think that I have a, a recommendation myself but our whole thing is that we're looking for, we're we're trying to give people the information so that they don't have to go to one of their big banks and say, Hey, can I put my money in your 2.1% mutual fund That's kind of what we're trying to steer people away from. Um, now that being said, if you're not doing anything, doing that is better than doing nothing. But if you have the time to go to your bank, then hopefully you have the time to take some time and really educate yourself and save yourself a couple hundred thousand dollars by the time you're 60. And, uh, have a little bit more money in your account.
3: I would say I didn't. I didn't go to anyone directly either. I mean, in all fairness, Ryan showed me how to press all the right buttons after. I guess after he talked to whoever he talked to. Um, <laughs> but I think new grads, if you're if you're working in private practice, especially if you're an independent contractor, I think you definitely need to find a good accountant, uh, one that knows the rehab world. Um, another big thing for for new grads is finding an insurance advisor who knows um, disability insurance, because it's a huge thing that a lot of people don't have. Um, and the discounts, if you're a new grad with some companies in Canada are ridiculous. Like it's, it's like half price, half of what you would be paying a year after graduating. Um, so finding a good insurance advisor who, who knows those companies um, as well. And if you guys um, want a name, you can you can either DM us or send us an email and we can we can set, set you up with someone in your area. Um, And then I think like Brian nailed it. If you can, if you want to work with a certified financial planner, we think it's a great idea. And like we said, multiple times, we're not certified financial planners, but I think the key is finding someone that you get along with and that you trust and that ideally you're looking for a fee only financial planner. So what the difference is, is that the the financial planner at your bank who sells you the 2% mutual fund makes money, when you buy that mutual fund. And as long as you own that mutual fund, they're getting paid and commission for it. A fee only advisor is that exactly they, they get a fee for giving you pro- professional advice and that's it. They have no interest in, you know, it, the, they don't get paid for selling you a certain um, investment tool that potentially makes them more money than it makes you. So you're getting unbiased advice. Um, and that's a, a great way to go, I think.
2: Now on that note, as we wrap up this podcast, um, uh, where can new grads or even just, you know, rehab professionals reach out to you if they want to get in touch. Um, um, and you know, you guys uh, recently came out with this financial toolkit. How can they, uh, download this, this uh, toolkit?
3: Yeah. So you can learn all about us at alliedhealthfinancial.ca and you'll see, there'll be a little uh, button up there to get the financial toolkit. Um, or you can find us on, on social media where, you know, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Um, and we're also going to put together a specific page for this podcast. So if you go to alliedhealthfinancial.ca slash uh, you'll find, we'll put links to all the posts that we talked about to the financial toolkit, uh, to the books that we spoke about in there. So if there's anything uh, that anyone heard in the podcast that they're interested in, that'll be an easy one-stop shop for them.
0: Awesome. Oh. And, and we'll make sure to Post that link for that page, on our link Teresa. If you guys want to also check that out, make sure to check out their page for sure. Yeah, sorry, Justin, cut you off no, there. They,
2: uh, <laughs> uh, their, their Instagram, it's at ahfcan. Allied Health Financial Can. Um, yeah, just for our viewers that want to check them out on Instagram.
0: Um, mm. yeah. Definitely awesome guys thanks again uh, for coming on I appreciate you guys just sharing your journey I think it's uh, more than important to be having this conversation I think it's again one of the reasons why we started PT Business Corner because this is the type of conversation I think we need to have more often and you know diving into the personal finance of things is also extremely important and a lot of things a lot of people kind of forget about that and you know decisions they make in in their personal finance journey um, could always be a little bit more calculated based on the information they can get so appreciate you guys taking your time here and coming on and uh but yeah make sure to hit them up on instagram and um and ask them any questions you have and hopefully they can help you out with any personal finance questions that you might be having thank you much guys thank you talk to you guys soon thank you everyone for tuning in to the ptbc podcast hope you enjoyed the episode today Please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at our website, ptbusinesscorner.com. Feel free to send us a message on social media or email us at infoptbusinesscorner.com. See you next time!